Hello and welcome to another edition of the usually serviceable, hopelessly miscast podcast here at GCT. Uh, for those of you hoping for something better today, uh, we're recording this on Friday, March 18th. It's just me and Brian today. Yeah, no one wants to want to talk to us. I guess. I mean, and when I got Marcus in, it was you know Brian had an, an appointment, so it was just Marcus and I, and they're probably thinking, well, at least we got half the equation out. Um. And there's the phone, of course, right as we get started. Yeah. But that means we're busy here. That's a good sign. That's right. I'm hopefully selling tickets. Yeah. Yeah. It's Hopefully it's not someone by the last name of Cervantes. Uh, one Cervantes. He used to call up here all the time trying to sell Brian something. But... Phone, phone, uh, phone systems. Yeah. There you go. Selling. Something else we didn't need, like auto warranty renewals and, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Health insurance, auto warranties, and filling out a form one time online trying to get prices on Phones and phones that mistake. Right. Just <laughs> Very months, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross of you there. Months of people calling me. Or like if you you know. Side note also in one of those. Uh, I don't know if it's still this way now, but when it was the first major for-profit university online, University of Phoenix. Mm, yeah. I sent an interest form to them, and relentlessly, they called and emailed me. Yeah. Trying to get me in, it was like, okay, now I understand this whole for-profit model. Yep. Um, now I think there's a lot of them out there, so I don't know if they are as aggressive, but I bet they are. Oh, I bet they are. So didn't change the fact they're for-profit. So. Discouraging learning across the country. Yep. So. Absolutely. Anyway, so it is. You know, we'll we'll start. I guess you know a little, just a little update. You know, plugs for our shows. We right now. We're not sure when this podcast will go up. Probably go next week. Next week. So you've yeah. got uh, one one final week to watch Outside Mullinger. Uh, beautiful show by John Patrick Shanley. Uh, it's got a beautiful cast. Uh, Emily Draffin. Uh, I, I shouldn't start naming names. <laughs> Stephen Carrot, Anthony Isbell, and Glenda Mays. Uh, they do a wonderful job. It's a beautiful story directed by our own Marcus Brown. He staged a beautiful production. A beautiful set. Beautiful lights. And it's a beautiful story that's 90 minutes, so you can come in, sit down, watch the show, and go home, and it's still not be, you know, super late. Yeah. So, uh, and I will say, I watched it this past Monday, and it flew by when it was over. I was like, that was, there's no way that was 90 minutes, but it actually was. So, uh, run last night, our opening night, right at 90 minutes. So. Yep, no, yeah. it's a great show. Uh, we've been waiting to get this show on our stage, thanks to our friends with the COVID Institute, mm-hmm. uh, for a while now, years. We can literally say years. Yep. Um, but yeah, if you want more detail from Marcus himself, we posted a uh, podcast this week of, uh, you know, we're in an interview with the director. So yep. he gives uh, you know, his thoughts on poignant moments and you know, what the show is really about, you know, in a little more detail. So if you want that, go out to uh, um, let's find our podcast uh, wherever you're listening to it or on our gctcomeplay.org website. Absolutely. And, and the best part was uh, one of the normal hosts of the podcast was not on that. And it made the right. show go much better. I'll say so. 50% better. Yeah. Um, so what's our next show, Brian, after Mullinger? Well, you know, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't know <laughs> I bet you do. Uh, yeah, so... Um, I, I joke, I joke. Uh, of course I know what's next. It's a lovely little show called Bright Star. It's a show that we've been doing, or trying to do since 2020. Uh, and it kept getting pushed back. 
And uh, it's finally happening. We start blocking Monday. Very yes. exciting. We've had two weeks of music rehearsals. Our first choreography rehearsal is tomorrow. Uh, and the music sounds beautiful, thanks to the amazingly talented Eileen Quo. And uh, Brittany Church is going to do her choreographer magic starting tomorrow. And then I will be left to kind of fumble along for the rest of the role starting on, on uh, Monday. And that show's going to be a lot of fun. Paul is going to be in that show. You say, despite your casting mistakes. Yeah. Well, no, Paul, uh, you know, for all his faults, is a very talented actor. He can sing beautifully. Oh, I appreciate that. And uh, we have perfectly typecast him for this show. <laughs> As uh, you will see. <laughs> Marcus Brown, who, you know, was on our last podcast as our technical director, is uh, in this particular production. If you've seen some of Marcus's work in town, you know how talented he is as an actor as well as a director. So uh, we've got a whole lot of GCT connections. Eileen Quo, our music director, is on the board. Julie Scarface is uh, in the show as well. Uh, is that all the board connections in that show? I think so. So Yeah, I think so. Uh, so between the board and uh, the staff, it feels like this show is a very, very heavily um, GCT-centric show as far as people that love and care about GCT and work with GCT. So, very excited. It's going to be great. It's a regional premiere. It's, uh, again, it's going to be something that you've not been able to see at all in Shelby County yet. Even when the touring company was on tour, it did not come to Memphis and Orpheum. And to my knowledge, I'm pretty sure no high school has done it as well. So, this will be your first, absolute first opportunity to see this show in our area. And in one of our future pods, closer to opening night, which will be April 22nd, uh, we'll do an interview with Brian to uh, get, get a little more detail on what the show's about so you can get a, a taste, a little more of a flavor for it, if you uh, want to dive in deeper into Brian's wiki, wiki version of it. So, um, yeah, but it's going to be a great show, and... You know, we this as we've said on this pod before. This is a the second half of the season we're currently in right now is just a slew of regional premieres, and we're very excited about that. That's one of the things we stress. And uh, Brian and I are getting a visit currently from our other potter today, which is Chip the dog. Chip the dog is what this is. <laughs> so yeah, Chippers decided if you hear to. Hear somebody bark in the middle of the show. It's not near Paul. It's Chip. <laughs> right. um, so no, and that's so come out and see us. If you, we've had people tell us, I've never been to this place before. Do not need the pen, safety pin, Chip, please. Um, and if you've never been to see us before, it's a great time to come out, see some new material. Thank you for stepping on my keyboard. Uh, so I'm going to put you down. But it's a great time to come out if you've been to see us 100 times or if you've never seen us. Uh, we'd love to have you. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, moving on to our next all right, we'll say our first feature of the day. Chip pressed the tab button about a million times, so I'm just scrolling back to my notes. So, <laughs> thanks for that uh, note there, Chip. Uh, since it is March Madness, for those of you who follow college basketball, and since yeah, everyone's... We, we do in this office. Huh? Yeah, everyone's bracket got eviscerated yesterday with two 12s, an 11, and a 15 winning yeah. their games. We're hoping today that some more high seeds can lose, especially the Purdue's of the world. We're looking at you. So maybe the smart guys at Yale can pull this one out. But 
Um, so, in the spirit of, of that, sometimes we have done bracketology before, and we'll do one now. I was saving, trying to save this for when we had uh, our friend Christina back, but she doesn't like us for potting, apparently. Yeah. It's a joke, Christina, I promise. It's so. not. It's not a joke at all. <laughs> Brian says it's not. I, no. well, it's at least 50-50. It's, a, it's, it's kind of a joke. So, uh, courtesy of, and I'm not going to say the whole web, web link because it's a long one, but there's an article I found on BuzzFeed.com. Oh, and, no. Buzzfeed. Yeah, I know, but it's it, it gave me, it was very interesting as I was doing some Google searches, and this is by Buzz Buzzfeed staff writer Hannah Martyr, who wrote this last May, and said fifteen of the wildest musicals that I cannot believe actually made it on stage. I kind of called it the weirdest musicals bracket. So, um, <clears throat> she said, and I'm quoting from her website, this started when my friend and I began sharing stories about weird shows we've been in or seen when we were younger and that we convinced ourselves were fever dreams. And one of these shows I actually have seen, mm-hmm. and in seeing it was just blown away at even, you know, I... For those people who know me, you know, I, I don't blush at much. I was blushing at this show, seeing it. Um, so, saw it in Tampa once on a business trip, just decided I need to get out and see some local theater or a movie, and there was nothing on but that. And I said, oh, that's, I like the movie version of that. Uh, so, I'll go see it. And, yeah, it was just a descent into the levels of weird hell for about an hour and 40 minutes. But mm. <laughs> there were definitely parts I enjoyed, but... Yeah, we'll come back around to that. So that's kind of, as I looked at this list, I said there's some of these I could see myself having the same reaction to. So I'll get, I, what I'm going to do is 1 through 16 bracket, and just like in March, March Madness style, 1 versus 16, 2 versus 15, that sort of thing. So I will give you the two names that are up against each other, and your job is to pick the one that's the weirder of the two that you would think, ooh, if I was really into seeing something really weird and strange, that's what I'd go see that night. So this is, this is the winner is the weirdest of yes. the options. Okay. Or the one that would make you say, not I don't want to see it, more like if I had to see one because of my curiosity for the weird, this is the one I'd pick. So, okay, I, I'm, I'm with you. <clears throat> so I'll read you, if you need comments on what she says about them, I'll be glad to read from the website. Okay. One of them requires no explanation because you know what it is. Is it Cats? No. Cats did not make the list. It was number 17. But so, if you really want to think about it, it's, it is kind of a wild concept. It, it is. And if we were doing movie musicals, Cats is number one seed. Of course. I would put That's it through the finals <laughs> automatically. So here's your one versus 16 match. Okay. The number one seed, the human centipede. Oh, no. Okay. Versus number 16 seed, Bring Back Birdie. Uh, this, again, not, this is weird versus it's not, it's, it's not what I would rather watch. Yeah, it's like you, you have, these are on in the same theater building, same stages, sizes and everything, but you have to go in one and you have a weird, you, that night you're feeling kind of strange and you're like, I want to see the stranger of the two. Okay, well clearly... Uh, got to be human sympathy yes i guess the weirdest thing would be how they stage it uh, yeah that's I, I don't very know very distinctive scenes from the movie which i assume is the point of doing play well there's a picture of it of 
the centipede at one point on this website, and it's it's kind of jarring, but it says the comedy troupe Chocolate Cake City from Emerson College created and filmed the musical, which you can find on YouTube. Oh my! Okay. It's a very self-aware, low-concept parody of the film, and the rock music is pretty upbeat and funny. Hmm. So, Bring Back Birdie, I know, was just a very failed and flawed, you know, Bye Bye Birdie sequel. Yeah. So, I don't know that I call it weird. It's... I mean, it's it's probably a less needed sequel than Love Never Dies. Right. Yeah. When you say that, that might pop up later. um, (laughs) um, Yeah, if we're, we're going weird, I mean, I would... Bring Back Birdie is a pretty standard fare musical. It's just bad. Right. Um, whereas, yeah, Human Centipede's definitely just weird. Yes. So there's no 16-1 upset in my mind for this one. Yeah, it's, it, Human Centipede was going to walk over where the 16 was. I have a hard time seeing anything beating it. Which, again, it is the one scene, so it should be very difficult to beat. Well, I'm, I'm a little jaded to a couple of these that, you know, or a little slanted to, toward them, so I could see Centipede being upset, but not early. Okay. Let's say that. Fair enough. So here's the 8-9 matchup. Okay. That they'd be facing the winner of. Number eight seed, The Best Little Whorehouse Goes Public, which is a sequel to The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Mm-hmm. And number nine seed, A Slender Man Musical. Yeah, I... Hmm. Which well, Slender Man musical clearly is easy for me. Me too. I, I again, I'm, I don't know. Musical is not the format for sequels in my mind. Um, the the only play that I can think that really needs a sequel is, or that works well with a sequel, is Doll's House and Doll's House Part Two, because of the ending of Doll's House, and you know she basically walks out of husband and kid's life. Right. And so her walking back in in Doll's House 2 is quite, well, there's a story there, but we, we don't care what Conrad Birdie's going to do when he comes back, and we don't care <laughs> about the whorehouse going public. Yeah, I could care less. It's, yeah, it's in Texas. It's all you need to know. Yeah. I mean, and so... And, for, I did, and, le- and come on, prostitution is not legal in Texas, so you're, you're asking us to suspend a bit too much disbelief <laughs> that it's going public. Yes, I understand that there's no Slender Man, perhaps. But uh, still, I would, if we're going to just Are you a conspiracy ignore theorist? logic, I would rather ignore logic on a larger scale than to pretend that the warehouse is going to go public. Oh, yeah. Well, I have to read you this, this section from uh, our, our girl Hannah's description. And she does say, to paraphrase a little bit, she said you can listen to the album on Spotify uh, for the musical, but there's... She can't find a lot of official sources on whether it's ever actually been performed as a show, but she said the musical stars a guy on the run from Slender Man and a lesbian ghost who he allows to possess him to help bring Slender Man down, except turns out Slender Man's horny and beating him involves jerking him off. You can read the synopsis here with a link, but fair warning, you may never be the same. <laughs> so I am not reading it. Yeah... Yeah, if you not, if again, I, the concept is we're going in and we're just seeing the titles of the play. We have to pick one of the two for weirdness. Uh, yeah, it still goes Slenderman. Uh, I will say, if I were to hear that synopsis, I would absolutely not go see. I would rather go see the Whorehouse Goes 
public. <laughs> but you're having a, a night of the weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. So moving on. Uh, let me mark that as a winner. So here's the five twelve matchup. Always okay. good for some upsets. Yeah. Absolutely. Like yesterday. Uh, Who's our twelve seed that won yesterday? Yeah. We had two. New Mexico State won. And Richmond won. New Mexico State beat Iowa, I believe. I thought that was Richmond. No, beat Richmond Iowa. beat Iowa. New Mexico State, I cannot remember who they beat. Okay. Well, good but, for them. Yeah. Good for um, them. Number five is Raggedy Ann, the musical. Which, I, I. Okay. When I first heard it, I was thinking, okay, that's just another goofy musical. But I'm thinking, well, that could go in a lot of weird directions. Um, versus Scary. A take on Carrie is the 12 seed. So this is where you're starting but to get a little into there's the, a Carrie the musical. Why did we need yeah. the scary the So musical? let me read you the description of both of these. So this, the Raggedy Ann. The show actually played on Broadway for three days before shutting down due to negative reviews and backlash from parents about the dark subject matter. Oh, my. The show told the story of a dying young girl with a Raggedy Ann doll who awakens to find her dolls have come alive. They go on a mission to see a doctor in New York to save her life. And what ensues is basically a fever dream with themes of death, suicide, sex, and even genocide, as if a life-size Raggedy Ann doll wasn't nightmare enough. So, now, let me read you the other one before you react at all. Uh, you probably haven't even heard of the, sh- of the short-lived musical based on the 1976 horror classic, Carrie. Yeah, we, we have. But... So you almost definitely haven't heard of Scary, the parody of it created by Helena Handbag Productions. The, music, the musical parodies specific songs from the musical and follows the plot line almost exactly, except Carrie is played by a guy. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, this is why I say this one might be right for an episode. That's why it's 512. Uh, okay, so... Talk about burying Let's the lead. Let's just talk about people writing themselves in a corner. I mean, from a executive director standpoint, for the show Scary to work, you would have to have intimate knowledge of a very already offbeat and not popular show in Carrie. If they're writing parodies of songs from Carrie, how many people have seen Carrie? And how many people have seen it and listened to it enough? would know the songs well enough to get what they're trying to do in the parody of it. I really don't want to see Raggedy Ann, just because <laughs> it sounds like uh, Velveteen Rabbit gone wrong. Um, but I'd have to go with that. I, it will, I don't care what it's up against next round, I'm not going to be voting for Raggedy Ann. Um, I'm just, so whoever matches up, Raggedy Ann will go no further. But Insider knowledge of a musical to make another musical work is just ridiculous. So number five wins in overtime. Yes. For you. Yes, okay. absolutely. Good. It's a close With concept. reservations. Yes, wins. gotcha. We are selling lots of tickets, I hope. I hope so. So here's the four versus 13. And this is interesting. I'll have to read the descriptions of these to you as well. Number four is Rockabye Hamlet. And number 13 is Let My People Come. So I'll read Let My People Come first. Oh, no. You know where that's going. This is going to be This super explosive. sexual show from the 70s involving nudity and simulated orgies included yeah. songs such as Fellatio 101, 
and the Cunnilingus, the Cunnilingus uh, champion of Company C. It ran in previews on and off Broadway, but never actually opened. There's apparently not much of a story, duh, and a good deal of audience interaction. And then there's the best part, at least in the revival, which ran in 2013. It had a revival, and it never actually ran. So here's the other, the other one, okay. which is Rockabye Hamlet, if I can get to it. There we go. It's even got a playbill. I can't decide, this is Hannah's writing, I can't decide if the idea is to make a rock musical based on Shakespeare was bonkers or inspired. The play is set like a concert and includes Ophelia strangling herself with a microphone cord. It ran on Broadway for only four days and seven shows. I know you're, you're done dying love for Shakespeare. So. Yeah, I do. I do hate Shakespeare <laughs> with a passion, but um, yeah, and I run a theater, go figure they let me. Um, I, I would absolutely. So, forty-four-year-old me, as I sit today, would absolutely rather go see Rock Rockabye Hamlet. Sixteen-year-old me would have liked to go see the other one, just because you know, at sixteen and yeah, you know, that I would have enjoyed watching that. I think forty-four-year-old uh, me has no time for that silliness, and the fact that there's audience participation is like no. Absolutely not. That's yeah, disgusting. That would turn me away. I, I was all I was gonna say let my people come because it's the night of the weird until it said audience interaction. It's like no, I, I'm not I, interacting. It, one would hope that if you're selling that show you put that out front and center that there's audience participation. That is not something you want to spring on an audience member no. in the middle of a show like that. Audience members I mean, generally hate I mean, it even when it's planned. It's good grief, it's I mean, it sounds like it's just prostitution, honestly. Yeah. Uh, not to go back to Best Whorehouse, but, I mean, it just sounds like a excuse to call prostitution something else. So, yeah. again, haven't, having not seen it and will absolutely never see it, no, I, no, there's no way I would go see that. Absolutely <laughs> so, not. Okay. And I, not that I'm, I'm one to protest, but I, I might protest that one out front. When, okay. You'd have a sandwich, sandwich board out front? Yeah. It's like... You're all going to hell if you watch this. <laughs> no, uh, and you won't learn anything. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, uh, no chance with that one for me. So, okay, here's your three. We're going mostly chalk here so far, but that's okay. It's some strong contenders. Here's the three fourteen matchup. This one might be a little iffy as well. Mm-hmm. The number three seed, and I'm not going to have to give you a description of this. I feel like it's called Me and My Dick <sighs> against the fourteen seed. Wait for it. Love never dies, um, which is also about him and his dick. <laughs> so, well, it's it's basically what his uh, his dick is. His done. dick is uh, sprung. We'll uh, say again. I I would never walk <laughs> knowing willingly into a show called <laughs> Me and My Dick. Uh, Even if you're on a weird no a bender. No, I don't want to know about anyone in their. <laughs> Anyone else's in their personal journey with their appendage? Um, no, absolutely not. Uh, so you'd rather Love watch Coney Island Phantom? Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would watch it ten times before I would go see that other show. You see why I wanted Christina for this too? And she did so much commentary. She would add a, a lot to this yeah. conversation. I think but maybe we should bring it back up, and I'll I'll see what her votes are. Yeah, we should see if it uh, lightning round with with yeah. It was just, <laughs> Just quick, title alone, you have five minutes to get through this. It would right. be fun, assuming she ever wants to join the pod. Yeah. So, all right. So, so upset. 
I guess. Yeah, no, that's good. It's, that's a big upset. Tickets. Hey, tickets, buy tickets. So, Get your tickets from Mullingar. It's a great show. Here's your... I'm going to skip the 611 for now so I can find the description correctly. So the 710 is a show I'd never heard of at all, and I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but Via Galactica okay. versus Evil Dead, the musical. Which that one people know and have heard of. Yeah. Uh, Via Galactica, I'll read you the... This 1972 musical, which featured a set made up of trampolines and a background of thousands of ping pong balls. Aren't you intrigued already? Only ran for seven performances. The storyline, in which nonconformists living on an asteroid kidnap a garbage man to seduce him and introduce his genes into their gene pool, was called inane by the Columbia Spectator. That and the number of technical mishaps, including... Actors falling through the trampoline floors, actors getting stuck in spaceships, and the microphones accidentally transmitting police radio meant it went on to pretty terrible reviews. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, how could you not take that one? <laughs> um, wow. I mean, Evil Dead, I love the movies. I don't want to see the musical. I just don't. Um, I don't want it to ruin it. That's just me, though. Wow. Um, hearing all those things almost makes it sound like uh, what happened with Spider-Man, uh, the musical. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sorry, if you put the just title alone, title alone, not explaining the trampolines and that the show is going to go horribly wrong and not on purpose, like the show that goes wrong, uh, I would absolutely go see Evil Dead. There's no question. Uh, I like the movie. I'm just a I snob. Would, I would like to see it. Uh, that's a show I wish someone would do here locally, and I would love to do it. Someone said, oh, GCT should do it. It's like, no, no. We're, we're not the theater to do no. Evil Dead the Musical. Um, I would absolutely go see it somewhere else, but that's not our type of show. So, uh, Even if I was pushing for Evil Dead, I would say I know it, it can't be done in our space justice. Yeah, no, I, I think I had a director who was like, I'd like to direct Evil Dead here. It's like, you, you don't understand this theater, so right. no. Well, like I said, maybe I'm being a snob. I love the Evil Dead movies. Uh, I'm not referring to Army of Darkness, and I'm definitely not referring to the remake uh, done a few, you know, maybe I was like 10 years ago, maybe. Um, the original Sam Raimi movies. Get those tickets. One and two. I love them. They're so goofy and so funny and scary, and I just don't want to besmirch the memory in my mind of those movies. Fair because enough. nobody can be Bruce Campbell. So, but you're picking Evil Dead. So yes, that's absolutely. a 10 seed win. That's good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> There's no question. So now the 6 versus 11. Okay. The 11 seed is called The Dolls of New Albion. I'm probably mispronouncing that. And that says, This steampunk opera is about people putting the souls of dead loved ones in mannequins or dolls and the subsequent riots as people begin to fear and kill the dolls. And that is up against the sixth seed, Phantom of the Country Opera. <laughs> <laughs> Should I go um, ahead and pencil this one in now? Uh, That's also one again, of Christina. What something that I have to watch, right? Yes. Uh, I, absolutely. One's on this marquee and one's next to it. I'm not setting foot because, unfortunately, I've seen some <laughs> clips of people performing Phantom of the Country Opera poorly. And even if it was the most professional company of all time doing that show, no, I'm not going to go see that. Uh, I will say the concept of the other is 
that's kind of a cool concept. How it would translate to stage would be interesting. And I may hate myself after two, two and a half hours, but uh, absolutely, I would, if you told me what it was about, I would be intrigued and would enjoy watching Dolls of, what was it, New Albion? New Al- Albion or Albion. Yeah, I would, yeah. That would, <clears throat> it struck me a little bit. Steampunk opera, just those two words, I'd be like, hmm, okay. It strikes me a little bit like, uh, I mean, not that it's any, it's not apples to apples for sure, but like a Battle for Planet of the Apes, the original. It's like, yeah. oh, the apes rise up and the humans get all scared and they feel like we have to kill the apes. And the apes are like, nope, we're taking over. And it's kind of like that. But yeah, it's got a little bit of escape from New York type feel, it sounds like. So, all right, Dolls of New Albion. This, I mean, we're getting a lot of upsets here in the bottom of the bracket. Mm-hmm. So this is this is definitely one where I'm jaded. So two fifteen matchup. The two is called Silence Exclamation Point, and it is a parody of Silence of the Lambs, and uh-huh. it is engrossingly funny and just absolutely disgusting. But I I enjoyed seeing it. I would never see it again, but I enjoyed sitting through it live. Okay. Um, especially, I mean, there's just an example. There's a whole song about sack tucking okay let's say that yeah um and then 15 is moose murders which has been murders which has been consistently every all these websites i find people say that's like one it's always in the that's one of the worst 10 shows ever made uh lists Hmm. and i'll read you a little the did it hit broadway yeah okay she said if you if you've been a broadway fan for a long time you might have heard of this one because it was only because it was infamously perhaps the worst show on Broadway. A murder mystery set in a lodge in the Adirondacks. The show was reportedly bizarre and of poor taste. And a New York Times critic comparing seeing the show to surviving the Titanic. Notably, the show featured a drug, drug addict who wanted to sleep with his mother, a daughter who tap danced at inappropriate times, and a mummified quadriplegic kicking a man in a moose costume in the groin. <clears throat> so... Wow. Without hearing that, you hear moose murders and silence and be like, okay, I don't know what either of those is referring to yeah. per se. Silence, like I said, I'm, I've seen it. I've never seen moose murders, but I'd want to see silence. But, yeah, I would think silence is, is the correct option for sure. Yeah, that's that's what I would go for. As soon, all you have to tell me is well, moose murders is a mystery. Silence is based on Silence of the Lambs. I'm in. I'll see Yeah. So now we get to the quarterfinal matchups. So we have the one versus nine, which is Human Centipede versus a Slender Man musical. Uh, Centipede, yeah. I, yep. That Slender Man musical description, now that I know it, there's no way I would ever want to see it. So. Yep, well, Human yeah. Centipede. If you're looking for weird. Yeah. Yeah, hard to beat. I mean, yeah, you, you, you look at that and you're like, how are they going to do that? I want to know. Okay. Right. I'm in. Yeah. So, so here's your 4-5 matchup. Rockabye Hamlet versus Raggedy Ann. Rockabye Hamlet. Yeah. I'm not Raggedy Ann. Should you already not have, said it's not advancing. No. Whatever was up against, it was, <laughs> it, was, it was losing. I'm not watching that now. So now we have the 14 versus 11 Ooh. Um, matchup. Time. So that's so the dolls of New Al- Albion, the the eleven get to wear their home jerseys in this one, Ooh. versus Love Never Dies. It's a tough one for you. I would like to see the dolls. I want to see the dolls. Okay. I've seen 
Love never you don't want to see love not die on Coney Island? Yeah, it, it legit dies in the show. So yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now you're 10 versus 2. Silence is the 2. Evil Dead is the 10. I'm going to have to go Evil Dead. Oh. You let me down. Sorry, man. I, I mean, between the two, I mean, I, I would probably say, okay, Evil Dead, I could see why people would see it, but I, I don't want to. That's just me. Yeah, again, I mean, just title alone. They're on the marquee. What am I picking? I'm picking Evil Dead. So we're gonna we're gonna have a one four matchup and an eleven ten matchup. Yeah. So Human Centipede versus Rockabye Hamlet. Uh, I have to go with Human Centipede from the weird standpoint. Hamlet, Rockabye Hamlet would at least make sense in a theater standpoint because people do all sorts of things with Shakespeare stuff, and that's to me the sign that. If you've got to like put a weird concept on it, why are you doing the show anyway? Well, but, uh, side question to that: Do you think that there'd be people who are not really schooled on theater, but they think they are, who would see the word Hamlet and say, "Oh, must be a good show. I can go see it." Yes, absolutely. Um, can't be something out there. Can't be weird. It's got Hamlet in it. I, I, again, there's. I mean, there's a show that GCT has done. Not that long ago called I Hate Hamlet. Right. Um, which is, uh, it's a quite a funny, it's, it's a funny show, but I mean, you throw Hamlet or a version of it, I, Theater Memphis did a show not too long ago called One Ham Manlet, I think was the name of mm-hmm. it. Yep. Which is basically a guy, just one person doing the whole story of Hamlet by himself. Um, you know, uh, people will see it. Yeah. Just because it's in the title, but I mean, Again, you can put I, anything I, Shakespeare in the title of something, or say Pride and Prejudice, or something like that, and people will think, yeah. oh, I mean, it could be Little Women of the Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, and people will just fixate on Little Women. Sure, yeah. And absolutely. show up and say, well, that's not what I thought Little yeah. Women was going to be about. It's <laughs> yeah. like, well, did you read the whole title? Yeah, no. So, I mean, we've got your money. We saw You saw it. And you can say, maybe I enjoyed it. It's okay. You can enjoy it. So the eleven ten, the dolls of New Albion, versus the Evil Dead. I know what you're gonna pick. So Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah. So that means we have the powerhouse matchup of one ten, Human Centipede versus the Evil Dead. Um. Going off, let's just go off movies. Um, have you seen both movies? I have not watched Human Centipede, and I will never watch Human Centipede. <laughs> I, I suffered through it. I have to say. Um, it's I, not good. I've got to say Evil Dead. Okay. And given that there are also two Human Centipede sequels, movies, I why, have not I mean, seen Why those. did we need three of those? I mean... We didn't need one, I can tell you that. We didn't so need one. why there are two and three, I have no idea. And I, I would assume they keep making centipedes in two and three, because otherwise, wouldn't they change the title? Yeah, it's like bigger, longer centipedes. <sighs> So no, that's all no, I know about it. And that's all I know. I don't even no, want to know that. No, no, I will no. say human centipede is like, I had a stint in college working at blockbuster video for those of you who remember it. Um, and it was like, we had a guy who would come in and he, every Friday or Saturday night, he'd be, we'd know what he was going to rent slumber party massacre too. Nice. It's like, we'd have it on the ready for him. And it's, one time I said to him, I was like, why don't you just buy our copy of it? He's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> he, that's all he said. I didn't ask why. I was just, okay, I'm, I was 19. I was like, I don't, fine, rent it every weekend. 
and bring it back, you know, by Monday. Um, I I feel like so it was kind of I I always thought of it as okay maybe that's like his version of porn. And I'm not I'm not trying to make it sound completely disgusting here, but maybe it's like his version of porn. I've never seen that movie, so I don't, I didn't know how much nudity or anything it had in it, but that's what horror movies sometimes are. They're basically like soft porn. That's the way people yeah. view them. Human Centipede, watching it, it was like, and I skipped through parts of it because it was so bad. It struck me as that same kind of thing. It was some kind of perverse, fetishy director's version of porn. Yeah. Soft porn. I mean, because it, there's nudity in it, obviously, but yeah. it's not like you it's see, not it's not 20 minutes of full frontal, and there's not sex in it, but there's a lot of upper Just, nudity, and there's a lot of butts. And <clears throat> a lot of grossness. Yeah, and it's, it's, it struck me as very, like, this. Some there are people out in this world who they have a fetish for this type of stuff, and it's, I don't mean to get too gross, but it's like, that's what it struck me as. Yeah. So anyway, moving on from that mess. Um, so the, now, ele- the 11 seed wins? The right? 10 seed wins. 10 seed wins. So, yep. Um, I was going to say, if it was an 11, then we could have hope for Michigan to win the basketball tournament, yeah. but not so. No. So now we move on to Take Your Shot, Fun Boy. Yeah. We'll see if Brian can stop himself from going over Ugh. against himself. Yeah. Or Bruce Buffer will fly in and call it a draw. Sure. Yeah. So we have five today. Okay. Remember, two band names, one group chat. You got to pick the group chat. Okay. Are you ready? Statistically, I should at least get one. Okay, yes. go ahead. I have confidence you're going to get them. Okay. Here's your first three. Fat Love, Rough Riders, Actual Size. Fat Love. He's going with Fat Love. You're incorrect. His Rough Riders is the group chat. Yeah. So <laughs> we're off to a rip-roaring start here. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Michigan was down, what, 15 in their first-round game? They were. Came back 15, and win? 15 and one. I feel good about this. Yeah. So here's the next three. Snap or Spank, the wrench-twisting street lickers, and painful rectal itch. Speaking one. of weird musicals. The first one. <laughs> you are correct. Yes. It's Snap or Spank. Yes. Yeah, what if the musical was Painful Rectal Itch? I would absolutely... Why would you go see that? <laughs> or Snap or Spank. I mean... Would you see that? No. Might as well write a musical called uh, Pinworms. You know, <laughs> you know Urethra Pain yeah. or something like that. So here's your next three. Uh, and I may have said one of these before, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself. Um, pretentious Flame Dogs, Suicide Shrimp Fiasco, and 1912 Titanic Swim Team. So you have used the last one, but I sure can't tell you anything about <laughs> I figure. on that. Um, pretty, good ba- pretty good name. Feels like you just told me it was a band name. Uh, accidentally. You didn't hear that. Um, Pretend you didn't hear that. I'm going to go with number one. You're going with pretentious flame dogs. You're incorrect. Uh, it is the swim team. Uh, <laughs> you purposely. You're such a jerk. Such a jerk. I, I didn't purposely do it in there, uh-huh. but as soon as you said, I think you have used that, it's like, eh, bet. Uh, yeah. 
It's like the Tommy Boy. Oh, it's a fridge. You can put six packs of b- soda in here. <laughs> so, all right, here's your next one. Okay. You still? I mean, you had one already. Otherwise, yeah, I would have I mean, just given. I would have softballed it up for yeah. you. So here's the next one. Okay. Busted rubbers, mm-hmm. lip smacking kitten lunch, and life is poop. Life is poop. You are correct. Yeah. That is the group chat. See, so you're two for four. Oh, 50%. So you can go over 500. Yeah. For the first time. That would maybe be a ever. record. So here's your last ones. This is all one name. If you don't order food, you have to leave. Second one is Team Ramrod. <laughs> and three is Fix My Head. I love Team Ramrod just because Super Troopers. Um, Can you see that on a marquee somewhere? As a band name? It seems like as a band name that would have some copyright issues. Oh, I've, I've, I've seen some that look that way too. I'm going to go Team Ramrod. I don't really care. I've already got two right. I just want it to be right. <laughs> it is right. You have that nice. one correct. So, oh, we get a 60% right I thought today. you were going to say Fix My Head. but. So it'd be like a psychiatric chat group. Yes, but, look at me. Yeah, look at three me. for five. Maybe I should throw another couple in there just to get you three for seven. Nope. So, uh, you said so it was five. That's what we did. Five. On a high note, then, let's take you down the highway to Florida oh, for your next version of the Florida, Florida Report. Cue music. Oh, man, Florida, you're great. We love you. Where in Florida are we going today, Brian? I gotta tell you. Port St. Lucie, Jacksonville, Pensacola. Spring Hill, Florida. Spring Hill. Yes, that is. Uh, but this is from March 15th, so okay. three days ago. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. A Florida man was arrested after phoning the police to have some meth tested for authenticity after he purchased it from a local bar. <laughs> Thomas Eugene Colucci of Spring Hill called 911 because he was worried he had purchased bath salts telling officers he was an experienced drug user who, quote, knew what it should feel like to smoke methamphetamine. <laughs> That's what you said. The Hernando County Sheriff's Office wrote on Facebook that when authorities arrived, they were told by Colucci he wanted the meth tested so others wouldn't buy fake meth from the individual who sold it to him. He added he wanted <laughs> authorities to put the person in trouble for selling potentially fake meth but was unable to provide a name or any port of contact for the individual who sold him the drugs. Wow. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's... the authorities, as they do, they did actually test it, and it was actually math. And so Colucci was arrested. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So, he was... so they hand, I mean, would they hand him a uh, police tips check for turning somebody in while he's in a holding cell waiting for his own arraignment? <laughs> So the great part is, so the, the so this was Hernando County, which is kind of funny since we have Hernando <laughs> so close to it. They, uh, they put out a statement, the police department did, and they said, if you or someone you know have any doubts about the authenticity of any illegal narcotics <laughs> you have on hand or have obtained from another person, the Hernando County Sheriff's Office is pleased to provide this service free of charge. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so, Yeah. There's got to be a Mississippi report out there somewhere, if that's the Man, case. yeah, I'm sure there is. Probably a Tennessee report, too, to be fair. I mean, but, but, yeah, Florida's just... Florida's just full of them. Yeah. Yeah. So really, thanks, really Thomas it, Eugene yeah. Colucci of Spring Hill, for giving us this week's 
Florida report. Yep, Tom, Tommy, you're, you're yeah. Okay. Good job. Good initiative. So, uh, speaking of initiative, it's now time to move on to some dad jokes. Oh, Music for that. You know, I have so many dad jokes that I've been saving up. You know, hoping that one day Christina will rejoin us, but you know, apparently she's not. <laughs> Christina, come back. Because I know she's not going to listen to this. I, no, um, she, she's, so. She's scared of the dad jokes. Uh, here's one. Okay. So a group of Karens are sitting at a restaurant together. A waiter approaches and asks, is anything okay? Wow. I can get the, the a little bit of snark in that one. Yeah, yeah. a little bit of snark. There's, there's a dad who drinks at least a Jack and Coke every day that made that one. Uh, have you heard about this new website? It's a, uh, it's a website where elderly women will teach you how to sew, knit, can food, and quilt. It's called Only Grands. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Bad visual from that. <laughs> kind of like a uh, sex visual we were given before the pod by somebody else here. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we didn't really need to know that or hear it. You know? And I guess the final one for today. Okay. So yesterday, uh, a clown held the door open for me. I thought it was a really nice gesture. Uh, wow. <laughs> nice. That's right. very wait, 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 dad. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I do. I scrolling. Okay. I do. I, I do have joke, one okay. that I, I need to get out of my system and share with the world. Okay. Uh, what did the bra say to the hat? You go on ahead. I'll give these to a lift. <laughs> that one I definitely appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that didn't come up with Christina here. Yeah. I, I may break that one back out. Yeah, you totally should. Or if we get Marcus on, let's see what his reaction is to <laughs> Now, it's a great, great dad joke feature for today. That's right. I, I thought it was high-quality dad jokes all the way yes, around. Those were good. And, and ranging the gamut of you know, different types of dads who could appreciate them. Yeah. You know, we we got to look out for our dads. Yeah. I mean, who, gives, uh, who pays any attention to what old white males are doing these days? You know? Yeah. I like to think of one person, but I don't want to talk about it. So yeah, then we'll get into dad bod discussion. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and pleasures of yeah. No, okay. no, no, no. Coupons. No, nope. you know. no, no. <laughs> Moving on. Nope. So, good time for rants. Nope. Closing nope. rants. Nope. Nope. Do you have one today, Brian? Uh, give me a second. Can, do you have one? Yeah, over I do. Oh, come on, come on. Who are we talking <laughs> to here? <laughs> Even if I don't have it written down, it'd take me about three seconds to come up with one. It takes me about three seconds to do lots of things. So, uh, my rant topic. So, <clears throat> with my current job situation, I bounce back and forth between the Memphis area and the Kansas City area. Um, also, with my older son in college now, uh, I've a couple of times been back and forth to see him. He's in Texas. And so... This last couple of weeks, he was home for spring break, so I drove home from Kansas City, and we ended up going, we went to Nashville for a night. We went back with him to Texas for a few days to see him there and visit with family that lives there as well and came back, and now I'm going to go back to Kansas City later this weekend, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> so I, I counted up all the hours I feel like I've spent on, the, we'll say, the interstate system 
over the last what will end up being a couple of weeks time and it's it's about two days worth um, in hours and I I've always year over the years I've had a lot of different jobs and things I've done where I've been on the highway quite a bit so I feel like I'm not I wouldn't I mean I'm not going to sit here and refer to myself as I'm an expert of highway driving but I feel like I know more than the average person about what kind of the unwritten rules of the road when you're dealing with, you know, semi-drivers and just other drivers out there and, you know, what's good etiquette, things like that. Um, So my rant today is, with all this time on the highway, highway drivers who just do not seem to understand the simplicity of the left lane, right lane thing. The left lane, whether it says it in a sign or not, is for passing. So if you're in the left lane and you're going 15, 20 over consistently, I get it. You just need to kind of stay in the left lane because you're going to pass just about everybody out there. If you're going the speed limit or lower, you need to sit in the right lane because you're not going to be passing a lot of people. So semi-drivers, they're their own category. Most of them seem to understand, okay, if I can, if I need to pass somebody, I will. If I can't, I'll get back in my right lane. There's always some who think, okay, I own this place. And even though I'm going a quarter of a mile per hour faster than these other trucks, I'm going to get in that left lane and just slowly ease my way through this glut of traffic, even though there's literally 30 cars in a line behind me waiting to go even though I'm going 60 and all my trucker friends are going 59. Yep. On a, in a 75 mile per hour speed limit zone. Yeah. So that's part of my rant. But the bigger part is when you get a car that's doing that kind of stuff. Or they are clearly in the 75 area going like 68. And you know you got they got their crews set there. But they refuse to move out of that left lane. And I don't flash lights at people. I think that's rude. But yeah, I'm going to get on their butt. It's kind of like, you need to move. The right lane's open. You need to move over. You want to get back over when I'm past you? Fine. But get out of the way. And then you start to pass them on the right, and some of them speed up. Like, no, you're not going to pass me. Okay, now you chose the time to grow a great big you-know-what and try to be like, oh, you're not passing me. I'm the badass out here. It's, it's not that hard. If, you, if the highway's wide open, I don't care what lane you're riding but on a highway, especially like a, a typical stretch between Memphis and Little Rock, which I know Brian traverses a good bit too. All the time. Always more crowded than other highway stretches you'll get to. So many trucks. Lots of trucks. Because 55 and 40 hit a confluence in, around Memphis. And truckers who have to get like from Memphis to Dallas have to get to I-30. I-40 is the only way to do it because mm-hmm. they have to get to Little Rock. So 30 and 40 join up at Little Rock. So that stretch between, you've now taken basically two highways and shoved them down into one. It is so much even more vastly important on those stretches. If you're not passing people, get over in the right lane. Let everybody else have a chance to pass you. Get the hell out of the way. That's my rant. Rant deactivated. That's good. All right, Brian, Uh, what about you? Yeah, um, that's a good one because... I deal with that all the time. Oh, you and I know there's plenty of other highway driver topics no, to rant about. No, no, Two-lane highways, speed limits in, in little towns that change drastically. Uh, anyway, I'll shut up. Um, 
you know, I there are things I love to rant about, but I don't feel I can. Too close to some situations at the moment. Okay. Um, Would you like me to give a second rant? <laughs> Probably the yeah, listening audience a, doesn't. It's, a, it's a two rant day for you. Go okay. ahead. I, I, I'm, I'm not. I don't feel free with my ranting. I promise this is a shorter one, but this is another road one, and this is directed at cities, including I'm looking at you, Germantown. I'm looking at Memphis. I'm looking at every city is I get the reason when, you know, I always get a little miffed when I see a bunch of traffic lights go up on the same road. I feel like that's what's ruined, uh, well, not ruined, but made uh, certain roads in this city much harder to get up and down, like, say, Germantown Parkway. I always know it is Germantown Road anyway, from way back when. But Germantown Road, Parkway, is... It's impossible to get up and down that road quickly because of all the traffic lights. There's tons of them. And they're at least, at the most, you might have a half a mile stretch between two. I get why. Because there's a lot of businesses, a lot of neighborhoods, and you got to let, I mean, people got to get out safely. So I get it. That said, uh, I will say that, and there's only a handful of stretches in the Memphis area that I know to do this. Especially on during weeknights, but weekends to an extent, and even if you said it's from like 11 p.m. or even midnight to 5 or 6 a.m., why the hell on a main stretch of road, take Poplar Avenue here in Memphis, why the hell can't from midnight to 6 the lights up and down Poplar, if you're traversing Poplar east-west, why can't they be flashing yellow and the lights on the side be flashing red? That's a really good question. It drives me bananas that I would have to stop, especially when there are lights on every major road in this town. In Germantown, I'm looking at you hard. You're bad about this. Where no one is at the sensor on the side light, and the light will change at 1 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah, I could just plow through it, and that's when Barney Fife sees me because they're out at night, Mm -hmm. and he pulls me over. So I'm not doing it. Why can't they be flashing? So like an, a perfect example is, and I don't know if it's still if it's still like this, right around 240 in Walnut Grove. On Walnut Grove by CBHS, there's a stretch there where you cross over the bridge going east by the hospital and CBHS where they are flashing yellow. Yeah. Uh, they do that at 11 p.m. Yeah. And they still live there. Why can't you and do the, that with all those lights? The light at farm... That really kind of heads you, leads you into showing farms from like 11 to 6. Right. Yeah. But then if you were to go for a little further back west on Walnut Grove toward Yates, and I get, at White Station in Walnut Grove, I get that needs to be green-red all the time mm-hmm. because those are both major roads. Yeah. But at Walnut Grove and Yates, those Yates, I'm sorry, you're not a major road. No. I'm not calling you a major road. Why can't they blink yellow and red? From eleven to six. Yeah, a lot of the, I will say that a lot of the even the lights on Germantown outside of the city of Germantown, so like the Cordova side of Germantown, start blinking yellow at about eleven o'clock at night as well. As they should. Yeah, they should absolutely. And part of what brought this up was you know being in Kansas City a good bit of the time, their sensor lights are horrible. About no matter what time of day, if somebody pulls up on that side road 
on Jenkins Road over here, and I'm on this six-lane road out here, the second they pull up on it, bang, the light starts to change. Like, you know, what, at least Memphis has that down. Why can't you get where you give us 10, 15 seconds and then do it? Make them wait. What, what, what does it hurt? They're, they're at a smaller road. They need to wait. I don't mind it if I'm that person at that road because I get it. But at night, why can't the lights blink? I've never understood that. So I'm not saying, again, it's a major problem. And I understand where someone would say, well, if you do that, then you have people who are not driving safely because they're hauling butt up and down the road. Or you have someone who pulls out from the red side on the small side and they, they don't know what they're doing. Well, then they shouldn't be out there to begin with. And I feel like it's, there's probably studies out there that say, well, you'll have 10% more wrecks if you do that. I don't see how that's possible. If the traffic is flowing along and there's not a lot of cars out there, blink the lights. Absolutely. Yes. Anyway, I said I was going to be short and I wasn't. Sorry. No, I'm not. So, there's my two rants for today. And I'll, I'll have more by the time we pod again next week. I'm sure, yeah. So, um, so uh, Brian is rantless. That's okay, he gave us good, a bonus dad joke, so he's he made up his, uh, his fill. And uh, we're on a commercial, of course, on the game, so I would tell you how bad somebody's been beaten, but um, these sports, these sports uh, stations love to get their money. They do. <clears throat> so that's another rant I could go on. We've yes. done advertising before. But I'll stop, so thank you for joining us. As yeah. Brian and I said, please come see the second weekend of Mullingar. Yeah, it's uh, a great show. It is. and You won't be ranting afterwards. Tickets are also a reasonable price. Reasonable Unlike price. other places. Um, so please come out and see us. Uh, like I said, if it's your first or your mil- millionth time, we appreciate you. Come out, have a drink, see a great show with us. You won't be sorry. Thanks for joining, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. See ya. Thank you.